Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I'll Tell You a Tale, the podcast where you listen to a fantasy novel as it's being written. You guys are going to hear chapter two of our working title Beer Mage book uh, today, and I wanted to share something about the production of it. As this is a podcast sort of focused on a fantasy novel being written, I almost didn't make the deadline I'd set for myself this week. The chapters that I had written uh, and planned to be episode or to be chapters two and three were not where I thought the story was going. I thought that I wanted more action and more things going on in the very beginning but it really fucked with the pacing of the story it really sacrificed a lot of character development so i didn't scrap them but i pushed them to the bottom of my document and maybe i will use that stuff later on i actually went back and rewrote chapter two uh and to record it for this episode and I really struggled to write this chapter. And I don't want to toot my own horn, but I'm very proud of myself for being able to write. Normally when I write, if I can't get into a flow state, I will tend to give up and do something else, which is not a great way to write a book. So... After realizing that I needed to adjust the way I was writing because I just was not going to make the deadline for that I had set for myself and that I want to uphold, I realized I wrote probably a page and I realized I was going to have to change the way that I was writing. So rather than just write through and be hypercritical of myself, I actually outlined, which is something that a lot of writers do, but I have never really gotten into. I outlined, and then I made three passes at this story. I kind of rushed through and sketched out the bare elements, um, some dialogue that popped into my head, and then I circled back, and I did it again, and I filled out, and I changed things, and then I read through it out loud, and I circled back, and changed things and added things and I really like how it turned out um I had to push through a couple of times to make myself right I really had to decide that this is what I wanted to do but I did it and we finished the chapter and I recorded it it is 12 o'clock at night uh, the morning before it is supposed to go up as I'm finishing recording and recording this itself. But I still made the deadline. So I hope that you guys enjoy this next chapter of Beer Mage. Chapter 2 We're going into town, Ket said, tucking into a small meal of stale bread and cheese. It seemed that Serene would no longer be cooking. He silently cursed his brother. After you eat, run and fetch the horse. We're going to bring a barrel of peaches down to Taylor's. We'll stop by the Barks place. Last week, Shet told me one of their herd broke its leg in the field. They have some extra mutton they want to give us, since we helped with that fence a month ago. Your mother has a list, too. We'll have to stop by Lane's. She's been pickling again. 
Does this mean I have to talk to Semra? Lucas interrupted. His father let out a deep laugh. You won't have to talk to anyone, but I'm sure she'll be there. This seemed to draw Lucas's mother out of her sour mood. I think you and Semra should be spending more time together. She's quite the pretty young lady, and she needs to get out of that house. Mom, Semra's sour as shit. Lucas Delmar, I will scrub your mouth out if you talk like that again. If you pick up any of Jem's habits, you'll be scrubbing the floors until your knees are bruised and your hands are cramped. And if I ever hear that you've said something so crass to Semra, you don't want to know what I'll do. That girl has it hard enough. Ket's eyes grew wide and he sealed his mouth shut. I don't like talking to girls. They're confusing. Ket felt his lips slip into a smirk and stood before Serene caught him. Like I said, son, you won't have to talk to anyone you don't want to talk to, but we do need to go. Hurry up and eat. I'll go fetch the peaches. He stepped up and away from the table and over to Serene. He spun her lightly around and pulled her close. She smelt faintly of lemon and her lips were just as soft as the day they were married. He caught Lucas sticking his tongue out at them from behind his mother's back. Eat. I want to be back before dark. Maybe your mother can add some of this mutton to her stew for dinner. Ket let Lucas hold the reins as they rolled down the worn road into town. They passed by a tree that had been cleared from the road a few weeks ago. Remind me on our way back. That wood should be dry by now. We can load the cart up and bring some back. He saw Lucas clench his jaw and chuckled to himself. It was a beautiful day to travel into town. It was not yet late enough in fall for the true cold of winter to linger in the air. Any evidence of winter's slow approach had been pushed back by hours of sunlight and a cloudless sky. Ket's chuckle faded and was replaced by a whistle. The father and son rode along, not speaking to one another for a few moments before Ket spoke again. What is it? What's what? Lucas replied. Lucas, you and I both know it's almost impossible for you to keep your mouth shut for this long. Something's on your mind. Lucas chewed on his cheek. He worked his tongue in his mouth. Ket let the boy sit with his thoughts. He stared at the leaves. He fidgeted with the reins. He did a million things but speak his mind. Ket could see his own stubbornness reflected back in him. When Lucas spoke, Ket almost missed the words they were so quiet. What if he's right? Your uncle, huh? What did he tell you? He said I'd never see the world. He said I'd miss out on it as long as I was here. I want to see it, Dad. I want to see the ocean. I want to visit Fletch. I want to stand on top of a mountain. Jem tells the stories like they're real. I can almost see them. But I'm stuck here. I'm missing out. Huh. Ket was befuddled. I didn't realize you were so eager to leave. How could I not be, Dad? It's the same thing. Every day. Every year. I don't want to listen to stories. I want to live them. You might not ever see Semra again if you leave. Lucas blushed a deep red. She's not important to me. Sure she isn't. But what about your mother? What about me? Lucas replied, but Ket couldn't hear what he said. His thoughts were a thousand miles away. 
he chewed on his own cheek. Time passed, and the day grew steadily warmer, before the cart bumped and rolled over the uneven approach to Lane's house. They rolled to a stop, and Cat clambered into the back of the cart, and produced a basket of peaches, and tossed one to Lucas. Give this to young Sem. She'll appreciate it much more coming from you. He held back a chuckle, as Lucas's face flushed red. He almost dropped the peach, but swiped it from the air before it hit the ground. You're the worst. But Ket was already walking away. The widow and her daughter lived in a house built by the late Derek. Since his passing, they had been unable to maintain the land, and sold most of it along with their herd to Bark. The house was in a perpetual state of disarray. It wasn't like Lane. Ket could think of a thousand words to describe her before he ever thought to call her incapable. She had done more than her share in tending the flock, and somehow still managed to keep their house as clean as crystal. She was different since Derek died. Distant. Semra had changed too. She had grown up faster than Ket had thought possible. In many ways, she reminded Ket of the person her mother had been. In the small conversations he had shared with the young girl, he noticed she spoke differently than any child he had met. It was hard to see her as only a year older than Lucas. His boy always had his head in the clouds. He knocked on the worn wooden door and heard a faint, undecipherable voice come from inside. He turned back to make sure Lucas was following and saw his son kicking the dirt a few steps away from the cart. Would you get your ass over here? Lucas's face flashed red again and the door opened as he scrambled over to his father. Semra stood in the doorway. She was almost a full head taller than Lucas, and had long, dark hair like her mother. It was pulled away from her face, and hung in a corded braid down her back. Piercing blue eyes, too tired for a child, studied him. She moved awkwardly, displaying just how recently she had gained her height. She looked unhealthily thin. "'Mother, Mr. Delmar's here for his pickles.' Do you want to say hello? She called back over her shoulder, and Ket glanced behind her to see Lane sitting at the table. She had a blank look on her face, and didn't look up. We were cleaning, and she found one of his shirts. It still smelled like him. She'll be like this for a few hours. Please, come in. Semra moved back into her house, and over to her mother. She placed a hand on Lane's back, and whispered softly in her ear. Lane didn't look up from the table. Cat stood awkwardly in the doorway. He had thought Lane was getting better, but this didn't look like better. Lucas clambered up the steps behind him. Give her the peach, Cat hissed through clenched teeth and pushed Lucas into the house. We, uh, I, uh, that's how you might want some peaches. He held up his peach as if Semra was a poisonous snake, that Ket had just told him to pick up. Ket wasn't about to let the momentum of Lucas's entrance fade. He stepped through the door, setting the basket down on the table. We're bringing a barrel down to Taylor's. Since we're stopping by, seemed a shame not to bring some along for the two of you. Semra stood from her mother's side and quickly brushed a tear from her cheek. She smiled at Lucas and stepped closer. Peaches are her favorite. Maybe we'll make a cobbler. The girl's smile seemed genuine, 
if a bit strained. They're, uh, they're really good. I almost got sick I ate so many. Lucas managed not to flinch as Semra surged forward and wrapped him in a hug. Thank you. She pulled back and Lucas beamed at her. It seemed to strengthen her smile. They're wonderful. You're wonderful. Here, let me grab your pickles. Actually, Sem, Ket stopped her. The roads seem a little bumpy today. I don't want to break the jar, and we've got a few stops left today. I figure if we stop on the way back through, we can pick them up then. Maybe Lane will be more like herself, and the two of you can join us for dinner. Oh, Mr. Delmar, I wouldn't want to impose on you. Mother and I can get by. I'm sure I can put something together. I insist. And if you'd like, you could ride into town with us. Lucas could use the company, and I think the fresh air might do you some good. Semra glanced back at her mother with a worried look and then back to Ket. Ket tried his best to look as nonchalant as possible. We're having mutton stew. Ket could almost see her mouth water. Mom, what do you think? She turned back to her mom and put their faces together, looking for any sign from her mother. Will you be all right if I go into town? There was the slightest nod. Okay, then. Let me just cut up one of these peaches for you. Lucas says they're really good. Maybe you'd like to eat one. Her mother didn't move as Semra set the sliced peach in front of her. She kissed the top of her head, and a few moments later, the three of them were walking back towards the cart. Dad let me hold the reins on the way over, but you can try if you want. It's not too hard. I can show you. Lucas was babbling as he always did, and Ket helped Semra climb into the cart. I don't know if that's a good idea, she protested. Nonsense. If Lucas can do it, I'm sure you won't have any issues. They pulled into town, and Ket left the two of them in the cart as he went to the mayor's house and came back with the mayor. She was a hard-working woman, as evidenced by her calloused hands, but everyone's children loved her, and she always spent time with them. She had never married, but would have made an amazing mother. Semra, you must be twice as tall as the last time I saw you. I just finished lunch, but I have some left over. Come get some. I was that age once. You're going to waste away if you don't eat something soon. Semra tried to protest, but there was no arguing with the mayor. She practically dragged Semra back to her house, and Ket called out, We'll be right back. Don't feed her too much. Serene will kill me if she doesn't eat any stew. Ket nudged the horse and they rolled over to the edge of town, where Taylor had his distillery. It was a massive building compared to the rest of the town. Ket knew it was one of the only reasons their small town got any traffic at all. Taylor made it excellent whiskey, and only sold it when he thought it was perfect. People would often travel days out of their way to see if he would part with any casks. You did that on purpose, Lucas said. Did what? dropped Semra off with the mayor. Ket was quiet for a moment. I did. How many eleven-year-olds do you know that can feed themselves? Besides, I've been thinking about what you said earlier. You're too young to leave town, but if I don't do anything, you might do something stupid and run away. I want you to apprentice with Taylor. You'll get the chance to talk to some of the merchants that roll through to come see him. You're going to have to work to get stories out of them, but maybe you can learn some of what the world is like. 
and in the meantime, you might learn something you can use. Skilled distillers can find work in any town big enough to draw trade. You'll be able to pick where you want to live when you eventually decide to leave. Lucas was stunned. What does mom think? We've talked about it before. I just hope she's distracted by Samra tonight. She'll come around when she sees what it does to you. How do you feel about it? I could live anywhere? In theory. You'd need to figure out how to get there. But Taylor's better connected than you think. He can write you a letter of recommendation. Granted, he doesn't figure out you're lazy and kick you out. Hey! Taylor doesn't owe you anything. He won't be easy with you. He'll be doing me a favor by taking you on, but he's always worked alone. You're going to have to decide if this is something you want. Ket chewed his cheek, hoping Lucas might say no. I'll do it. Ket climbed out of the cart and pulled the barrel out and laid it on the ground. He had Lucas help him roll it up to the door, but even though he pounded on the door, they had to wait a few minutes for Taylor to answer. Go away! It's Ket. The door swung open. You're bringing peaches? Taylor was a strange man, a recluse. Once he had worked in Fletch with the finest distillers. He supplied whiskies and other liquors to the magi that studied there. It was only happenstance that Ket and Taylor had ended up in the same town. Ket almost moved when Taylor showed up, but Serene was recently pregnant and didn't know enough to realize the type of attention someone like Taylor drew to their town. They had been lucky. Taylor had offended enough of his customers that they slowed to a trickle, and this late in the season, anyone that mattered wouldn't want to risk being caught out in such a small town during the winter. Taylor had a lame leg and walked with a cane. His head was completely bald, he shaved everything but his eyebrows, and those were trimmed down to little more than thin lines. I'm bringing peaches, Ket rolled in the barrel through the door and Taylor hobbled aside. And an apprentice. Thank you, and no, you are not. You told me once that you'd want to work with him. I'm older now, and not quite so stupid. I don't need him running around here and getting dirt into everything he touches. You can't say you weren't curious about training a Del Mar. Think of the reputation you might get when he shows up somewhere like Fletch. Lucas was quietly watching the two of them. Ket hoped he'd keep his mouth shut. You're in hiding. No one will believe me. Nothing lasts forever, Taylor. You know that better than anyone. I want your recipe. No, Ket answered immediately. Never. That's dying with me. Then take your boy and leave. I'll let you know when the brandy is ready and you can have a bottle. Taylor? I've named my price. I can give you something else. Ket lowered his voice and turned his back to Lucas. Taylor's thin eyebrows raised. You still have it? I do, Ket said confidently. Lucas, show me your hands. Taylor shifted his attention to Lucas, and he stepped forward excitedly and held up his hands. Taylor grabbed them and inspected his palms and then looked under his fingernails. Teach him how to wash his hands and bring him back here in a week. I get to be your apprentice? Lucas asked excitedly. You get to audition to be my apprentice. Now go away. Lucas turned and beamed up at Ket. Ket grabbed his shoulder and the two went back to get Semra. I still can't believe I get to be his apprentice. 
I've never even seen him before. Sam, you know what this means? Dad says I'll get to go anywhere in the world. I can leave and go anywhere. Lucas hadn't stopped talking since they'd gotten back in the cart. They were almost back to Lane's house. Can I come with you? And my mom too? Samra asked. I don't think it's a good idea. Lucas's face flashed with fear. I don't want to live here forever either, Lucas, Samra scolded. My mom wasn't born here, and she always said she wouldn't die here either. I have big plans. Not as big as mine, Lucas boasted. Bigger, Samra giggled. Dad, tell her I've got bigger plans than her, Lucas whined. I'll do no such thing. You'll need to learn that you can't argue with women. She's not a woman, Lucas protested. I am too. You're too skinny to be a woman, Lucas teased. Then you're too short to have any plans. Lucas flushed red and the two grew quiet. They stayed that way for a while, Semra basking in her victory and Lucas inventing new comebacks in his head. When they rolled up to the house, Cat saw the door wide open. He barely stopped the horse before he leapt from the cart and ran towards the house. He burst through the open door. Lane was gone. The sliced peach still sat on the table. Thank you guys so much for listening through to the end. That was chapter two of Beer Mage. Real quick before we end the podcast, I just wanted to say, if you guys like the podcast, leave us a rating on uh, Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about it. Tell your friends, tell your family, tweet about us. You can tweet at us, and if you tweet at us, I will respond to you. At I-T-Y-A Tale on Twitter. You can, almost, you can also email us at I-T-Y-A Tale at gmail.com, and I will email the fuck out of some responses and those are the things that i'm going to plug for right now uh there will be more coming soon and tune back in next wednesday for chapter three of beer mage